Today's episode is sponsored by SysPro. I'm going to interrupt this episode a little bit later to tell you all about them. I'm realizing it's kind of like with your children. Your wins come from seeing them. So now I don't have to score the winning touchdown. I put the team together. That's it. Do you trust your employees enough to give them the keys to your business? That's Shannon Alberts, president, owner, and visionary of Security Lubkey Roofing in Northeast Wisconsin. When he started out working as an installer, little did he know he would go on to buy the 90-year-old roofing company and take it from a $3 million to a $40 million business. It comes down to people. We tell people all the time. I mean, I said this five years ago, and it's even more true now, but five years ago, I told people, I'm not even in roofing anymore. I'm in people business. Welcome to We Run on EOS, a podcast about running your business like you're playing your favorite sport. I'm your host, Pam Kosanke, the head of revenue at EOS Worldwide and a professional EOS implementer. Shannon always knew that he didn't want his leadership to be the main determinant of his business's value. But it wasn't until he got his team running on EOS that he truly discovered how to empower them to score the winning touchdowns. Shannon's story is full of game-changing moments like this, but it also comes with challenging chapters, packed with personal and professional growth. So how do you build a team so trustworthy and so strong that you can hand them the keys and just walk out the door? Shannon has the answers. All right, happy Friday, Shannon. How are you? I mean, is, it, is, it, is every day Friday for you or is every day Monday? Tell me that first. Nowadays, every day is like Saturday. Oh, wow. Uh, that's pretty impressive because yeah. I I also yeah. uh, I'm excited to talk to you about when every day was not Saturday for you, but that's pretty much a dream <laughs> statement. Yeah, it's hard to remember back to those days. You know, as a business owner, you're wearing all the hats, right? I had a couple of business partners back in 2016, 2018. I became sole owner and I felt like I was doing everything at that point. So I remember reviewing a merger and acquisition for another local roofing company. And I remember realizing that because the owner was selling his company and he was exiting, the company was going to be worth a lot less because it was clear that he Mm. was the company. And I remember thinking at that moment, I don't want that to happen. I don't want to be the bottleneck. I don't want to be the business's sole value. So at that point, it became obvious that I needed to start hiring some upper level management. I needed to start to let go of a few things. So it it took some sacrifice and some trust. It was in meeting with a contractor friend of mine, because I'm part of a, a network of a lot of contractors from around the country based on either our distributors or our manufacturers. They do a really good job of getting us all together. And I knew... Uh, I had looked up to and admired uh, one from Florida and I met with him. And when I walked into his building and I went there to learn about how he runs his business. And I left there seeing how big his business was and how low stress he was. And it was, he was living EOS. the Saturday lifestyle that, you, that you're living now, huh? 100%. Fantastic. So tell me, this was a game-changing type of moment for you. I mean, this pivot in your career and in your worldview of what it sounds like leadership 
could be and what your role could be. Um, you'd mentioned a little bit about, uh, you know, wearing so many hats, not quite being able to what we say is let go of the vine. Tell me your thoughts around the phrase, letting go of the vine. Tell me what that means to you now, now that you've gone through this experience. Well, I had really cool plans to go do something with a friend in Texas and he had to cancel because they got a hailstorm. And I said, I said, you're the owner. I'm like, that thing should be running without you. He's like, oh, I gotta be here. I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And I just, I saw myself in that seat four years ago being like, oh, I have to touch everything or it's all gonna fall apart. So yeah, letting go of the vine was probably the biggest premonition, right? Where you're just like, it's going to be hard, but if you do it right, you're going to see it. And it comes down to people. We tell people all the time. I mean, I said this five years ago, and it's even more true now, but five years ago, I told people, I'm not even in roofing anymore. I'm in people. Say that again. You're in the what business? People business. But five years ago, I was in the people business all the way down to the bottom, right? Now I'm in the people business for the people right under me, teaching them how to be in the people business right under them. And then eventually you're getting to somebody who's driving a truck with a hammer and nails. People moves are always difficult. I remember it wasn't too many years ago when I had to like sit down and fire somebody for the first time. How did you feel about that? What, 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 tell me about the, the, your anxiety going into that moment. Horrible because I view all 130 employees very, very closely. And we're in roofing, we're in construction. Okay. We, these aren't, these aren't choir boys, (laughs) right? Mm-hmm. but you love them and, and you get to know them. So any, any, any discipline is difficult. You get to the point where you realize there's a greater good concept and there's a two, three, four strikes, five <laughs> strikes sort of a sort of a thing, right? How about a specific story around a game changing yeah. person move, right? So two years ago, I had to turn over my sales and marketing position and that was tough because I had grown to become really good friends with this guy. And that was clouding my judgment on his leadership styles and his character. And that one was hard. It was basically terminating my best friend, but it was like a rejuvenation of the 30 people in that department. And now it's strong and unified and you see there's like no drama. So we were really intentional to get somebody, when we replaced that seat, I said, I don't care if you have sales experience. I don't care if you have marketing experience. We have really good people in that position to do that. I need somebody to keep the team unified, that loves people, that listens, that knocks down walls, gathers all the issues, solves them if they can, or brings them to us if they can. So leadership was a huge requirement. It, it, was, the, it was my only requirement. LMA, LMA all day long. I think the great part is seeing the people under me get that and then the people under them get that. And we, we have a couple probably RPRS situations in the building and, we're, and we all are aware of them. And they're not wrong person. They're right person, but they're wrong seat. And we're constantly like, we, we, we want this person to stay. We want, and we want them to love what right. they do. You start to look at people a lot differently. I mean, you're, I don't know if you're humanizing them a little bit more, but we have like, we, we really are, really close as a family. And when you start to encourage people to, to use their voice and to speak up, and if you're not happy, we, like, we want to hear what's going on. 
it's no it's no longer just like a keep your head down punch a clock keep your mouth shut like we recognize and respect the voice and the opinion of everybody here and there's a way for that voice to get to me and they all know that our core values we do what's right we're flexible we love people right so i love that they they get that so we don't ever we've removed the people in important seats that looked at people as a tool to get things done rather than somebody to work with and to rely on Oh, say that again. Say that again, Shannon. That was gold. We got rid of the people that were in leadership positions that looked at other people as tools mm-hmm. or assets rather than actual people because you can collab, you can get more out of them, right? One of the things I had to learn was to speak last. I mm-hmm. think I picked that up from Simon Sinek, mm-hmm. right? Like my voice matters, but if I walk into a meeting and I say, here's what I think we should do. What do you think? It's too late. So instead I come into a meeting and I say, what do you all think? And then I say, that's great. Here's what I think. And then you can talk about it. Once I taught them to do that, now they're collaborating with their teams at a higher level. So you're creating the opening for people to run through. That That's amazing. I want to take you back Absolutely. to this, you know, kind of the original game-changing moment, which would be your decision to start EOS and certainly hire an implementer. I want to know that moment where uh-huh. you met. Is It's Ross Gibbs, right? I want to know that moment, that first session. What was that experience like? What were you thinking about this person that you hired because making the decision to start something is very different than actually being in it and going, you know, now I have to follow this process. So tell me about that. Oh, I wish we had video evidence from our first few sessions. It was hard for me. It was hard. I knew it needed to happen. So I was open to the process, but it's like, I, I equate it to like, when you, if you go to the gym or you hire a personal trainer, right? You're giving them all this money and you say, listen, these are the problems and I'm paying you to help me. But the answer to your problems is, is painful. <laughs> and you're like, I have cursed out more personal trainers, right? So you're like, but I'm paying you, but I'm also going to like grumble the whole time. <laughs> I, now, since I've, I've mostly stopped grumbling, but there were sessions, our first few sessions, I, the first couple of hours were excruciating. <laughs> so the guy in Florida that recommended Ross to me, I'm like, why do you hire somebody to do this? And he said, Shannon, you own your business all by yourself. How many people in your life can tell you that you're fucking wrong? <laughs> I looked at him and I said, yeah. nobody in that building, right? And he's like, that's exactly right. He's like, and that, that blinds you. He's like, you need to pay somebody a lot of money to listen to all the stuff you have going on. And then they can tell you that you're wrong. Because <laughs> none of those other people sitting at that table are going to tell what you. What made you, Shannon, what uh, made you start to finally understand how to trust in this process? It's not perfect. It's a lot closer to perfect now than it was four sure. years ago. But the stress, stress is way less. And the stress became less quickly mm-hmm. because I had to learn, this is now yours. And this is now yours. And you can call me if you have any questions, right? COVID was really good yeah. for us. So I spent a lot of time on the golf course because the golf course was open and people wanted to get outside and do stuff and restaurants weren't open. So I spent a lot of time golfing in 2020 and I ran my entire business wow. off my phone and the phone calls were a lot less than I expected because my team knew what to do. We had the right people. We had the, we had processes. They knew the default answers to most of their silly questions, right? 
eventually if they call me and, and they say, well, here's, here's the problem. And I say, well, what do you think you should do? And then they say it and I say, well, then do that. <laughs> After you have that exchange two or three times, yeah. they stop calling because they realize I'm allowed to do this. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite quotes comes from Richard Branson. And he says, I never fired somebody for making a bad decision, but I fired a lot of people for not right. making a decision. So that's the key to like delegate and elevate and letting go of the vine. My go-to right now is this. They'll ask me a question yeah. and I'll go like this, which is me <laughs> handing them the keys, right? If you need something from me, let me know. Tell me why that's so meaningful to hand somebody a, a set of keys. And of course, you're not handing somebody a set of keys who doesn't, what we say in EOS is get it, want it, have capacity for the job or GWC the job, handing it to somebody who does. Right. So tell me what that moment feels like for them. Correct. Yeah. I can't speak for them, but they smile and they're, they're liberated. And to see them go and do it is, is, those are my successes. I think I used to, in 2016, 17, 18, I came from sales. So I loved the win, right? I, I made this marketing decision. That's a win. I hired this employee. That's a win. Hey, we, I, I wrote this process. This is what we're going to do. That's a win. And then fast forward a couple of years and I'm realizing it's kind of like you're with your children. Your wins come from seeing them. Yeah. So now I don't have to score the winning touchdown. I put the team together. That's it. Yeah. Right. So when I see something awesome happen in their department, that warms me up. Even though I had, I had nothing to do with that specific win. I said, I just set the table for it and empowered the right people. Shannon went from viewing people issues and employee conflict as a task that made him anxious to a task that can unify and create traction. His sports analogy about putting the team together and letting them score the winning touchdown reminded me of one of the most important pieces of advice I ever got from my rugby coach. I could score all the points and I can make all the plays and that was just part of my DNA. But he said to me, my job, my new job is to make everyone around me look better, be better. And this is exactly what happens when you let go of the vine to the right people in the right seats. It sets you free and empowers them. For Shannon, it has changed him as a leader in many ways. I'm more patient. I listen. My temperament is a lot calmer. I'm still really passionate, but it mm. looks different. I think it looks more stable. <laughs> what a great word. Because I think you can be unstably passionate. And I think I've I think I've come to like I still love this. This is this is everything to me. I had this has to work. I have to get this right. But I'm not doing it anymore. And I love the people that are doing it. I have complete faith in them. So the the stress level is way low. When you compare when you just compare my health, my physical health from five years ago wow. to what it is now. And it's all it's all stress. I'm not doing anything differently. I'm not eating, I'm not exercising more than I used to exercise. It's stress and the weight of everything and holding on to every vine is stressful. So that sounds like every entrepreneur on the planet. So you've, you've discovered this way of, of kind of, you know, relieving some of that stress. So it's not all on your shoulders. You've really learned how to kind of spread that out. And, you know, tell me, um, tell me a little bit about your dreams for the future. What is it about the future that excites you? What's next? 
I don't know. I'm currently in the frame of mind where I'm trying to figure out what my personal five and 10 year goals are. But right now I'm just really enjoying what's going on. I'm trying to give back as much as I can. So whether it's to my employees or to the community, I really want to lower my golf handicap this year, but I don't know. It's, it's hard. I sat through a couple of, couple of uh, the breakouts in Indianapolis really got yeah. me thinking. And then we drove, we drove to Indy, thought we'd take advantage of that really cool leadership team windshield time. So it was about a six hour drive and we had to take, we had to take two cars, but on the ride back, I had a couple of the close, close ones with me. And I was, I was very vulnerable in that. I don't know. Like I don't. Yeah. Shannon, you got a little bit emotional there. And I, I just want to tap into that just a bit because it's not about calling you out for that. It's more about tell me more that, because I, what I sense is that this question is actually the hardest question for any human to answer, let alone an entrepreneur who has succeeded the way you have. And yeah, you're catching me at a really weird time because I wish I would have, I wish I would have found EOS a couple years sooner because it, it cost me my marriage running, running this business mm-hmm. cost me my marriage. It, it strained it. When I was mm-hmm. wearing all those hats, I justified I justified working really hard for my family, right? Because you're doing it for them, mm. right? And a lot of things that, you know, you can't get time back, right? So, but then I got to, a, I got to this point right now where I have all this freedom. But my wife of uh, 22 years was kind of burned out by it and... After trying and trying, it was not mm-hmm. fixable. So, and that's that's still fresh. So, it's weird because I'm, I have four beautiful daughters. So they're still they're still yeah. really important to me. Of course. It's hard to 10x your life while you're 10xing uh, your business. Yeah. I think I I zero xed my life while I was 10xing my business. But all that dust has settled. I'm happy. So. I'm just, I'm still kind of walking around in a little fog, feeling a little lost on that side. Uh, I, you know, there's, so there's a bittersweetness that is on the other side of EOS for you in that way. And, you know, what I, I wish in some ways this, this is such actually a common story. Uh, When I talk to entrepreneurs and we talk about what EOS can do to help set you free it's critical not to your business, but to your life. We want you to get more out of what, what you want out of your business, but out of your life. And it can be too late that people discover even what it's costing them. And it is a, one yeah. of the most common stories we hear. And no one gets into entrepreneurism to lose their marriage, go bankrupt, put stress, uh, you know, stress out their heart more than they can possibly recover from and miss their kids' soccer games. I mean, and I, I can't even tell you how common the story is, but I, it's just a wonderful sense for you. I mean, a sense of a relief, at least, to know that you have come through such a big moment. I bet Tiffany's keynote at the conference touched a, uh, an emotional nerve for you. So, so you were in Indianapolis? Oh, yes, I was, yes. 
Having a virtual assistant who is trained on EOS can help you get unstuck as a visionary or an integrator. As the EOS preferred assistant service provider, AssistPro can help you with a right fit assistant, matching your personality and communication style. Get the $25 an hour work off your plate and give it to an assistant who truly understands EOS. Visit assistpro.com and learn how their right fit assistance can be the right move for you. So that long walk from the hotel yes. to the football stadium. Uh, I was outside for it for a reason, but I did, I did go through part of the underground. I walked that whole underground uh, thing and walked with Tiffany and her Oh, husband. beautiful. I ran into them shortly going down like the first escalator. And at first I was like, hey, I like your dress and I love your keynote. And a few steps later, I'm like, okay, <laughs> listen. <laughs> what you said like punched me right in the face, you know? Cause I, I, I knew my relationships were coming down and I, and I was trying to pull them back up and I, and I thought it was going to happen. And I think it was too little too late. So yeah, her talk was very difficult to hear. And then to have my leadership team mm. sitting next to me in the front row again, who are all very well aware of everything that I have and am going through. They were all just like, oh, is he okay? <laughs> well, I, I've got to think so. that some of what has carried you through these very difficult transitions and periods is your ability and willingness to be open, honest, and vulnerable with the people that you spend so much time with. And God, even strangers at this conference that now feel like family. It's mm. bittersweet. It's bittersweet because I really wish I would have yeah. figured that out a few years earlier. Well, you're here now, Shannon. You yeah. figured this out. And, I, you know, there's got to be I, I, at some point we like to just you have to kind of feel that. I don't know. You know, Ben Hardy spoke at the conference that, and he was the author of The Gap with uh, um, Gap and yep. the Gain with Dan Sullivan. Yep. And it really is amazing how much we measure our lives in that gap. And so I think maybe just take a few moments because I, I think it's just really, it's, it's healthy for us to go and say, to look back and think how far we've come. So maybe just rattle off the gains for you uh, personally, professionally in the last several years that you've just started to really come to life and figure this out for bittersweet. I know there's bittersweet piece to this, but tell me about the gain, just list them off. There's so many. I love every time an employee comes to us and says, hey, you know, we have this unexpected expense. Can you help us out? We help them out. I had an employee who was able to, to buy a house just because they needed like some gap money. So we borrowed them money and then they paid it back as soon as their house sold so they could close. Uh, an employee was having car troubles and we just set them up and provide them an interest-free loan so that they can get a new car. And to see my leadership team start to love on them the way that I've demonstrated, that's a, that's a huge gain. I think the gap gain concept is, is awesome. I remember where I was when I was listening mm. to that audiobook and it, it, right. I just remember where I was because it's, if somebody hasn't read it, they should read it to go from 
a $3 million company and having to sell my yeah. house to cover it and having to borrow money from people in order to, to save a business, not because I thought it was going to turn into something, but because I wanted to help people save jobs and help our community. And I mean, we, we had, we had customers under contract that I wanted to make sure we could service and to go from that at about a $3 million company to be, to being a $40 million company, 11 years later, 10 years later, that's a hell of a gap. A gain. Right. <laughs> that's a hell of a gain. Um, right. That's, right. That's a hell of a gain in that <laughs> yeah, gap. For sure, right? Yeah. We've started to take all of our employees who have been with the company for more than three years on a tropical oh, vacation wow. every year. So this year we're taking about 60 employees with spouses all to right. Cancun. We're doing that in January. Every year we'll win. We just bought some heavy equipment that we could pay cash for. It's just great. Like to have that freedom is awesome. And I'm also a fan of like the infinite game, which I think is a, a Simon Sinek deal. So I love that. We, we can always feel like we're winning, but I don't ever think we'll feel like we won. I, right now I just feel like we're winning. Wow. Shannon sharing that part of his story takes an immense amount of courage. I'm grateful that he chose to give me a glimpse into those hard chapters. Ross Gibbs, expert EOS implementer with over seven years of experience, has had a front row seat watching Shannon go through this transformational season full of wins and losses. Ross says that meeting Shannon was like meeting an old friend. Their shared Midwest roots made them a great team from the start. Although there isn't video of those first few sessions, Ross has a clear memory of just how miserable Shannon was. Yeah, so visionaries, their attention span isn't great. So I think he wanted to rush to the meat and potatoes, right? They want to get to the, the issues versus laying down the foundation of EOS. So the first three sessions were laying down the foundation of EOS. We're kind of getting into the nitty gritty and he wanted to go beyond that. And I said, it's all about the fundamentals. And I think once he realized how important the fundamentals are to the process, I think the light bulb for him finally kicked on. You know, there was a little, you know, funky stuff that was going on, but once he had the right people in the right seats at the leadership team level, you could just kind of see him just let go and give that key and give that empowerment. And But that took some time. That, was, that didn't happen overnight. Sounds like an accountability chart yep. uh, situation where you probably moved through multiple iterations. And he mentioned how being a a visionary and sitting in all the other seats clearly just wasn't working for him. Um, talk to me about the process of, of getting him out of those seats. You talk a little bit about, you know, this, he finally started to get delegate and elevate, but like, what was that process like when he realized it was about the people and of course, actually handing them the keys once they found him? Mm. I would say it's a two stage process. Stage one was really getting a good relationship with his integrator. And I think once he had that connection and that um, trust level, uh, I think that was step one, just really getting in line with Todd. Once that happened and we had the right people in the right, that's when the team in a healthy way were pushing back on Shannon saying, Shannon, we've got this. You've got to let go. And it was healthy dialogue. It wasn't dysfunctional. So he's got to let go of the vine and the team has to take the vine. It's a two-way street. And when I saw that stage two finally happening, man, that was awesome. It's just fun to watch. I hear you loud and clear. It is his work to be done for sure. Mm. And you're just there to help facilitate the, the brain power in the room uh, mm. and the hearts and the minds for sure. And, you know, speaking of that, you know, Ross, 
Shannon mm. got quite emotional at one point. I'm not sure if you can speak to any of that around his U.S. life and what that means for him today. But it sounds like there was a lot of personal ahas through this process as well. Shannon's gone gone through a lot, and I, I love him. I love the team. I'm not going to get emotional. I've cried many times with him and his team. We've, we've been very vulnerable together. Um, they've gone through a lot. He's gone through a lot, but it, it literally has transformed his company for the better. It's made him a stronger, better person, better leader. And as you know, when we're better people, we're better leaders and vice versa. And he's just done a masterful job of looking within to help without and just really just doing all that great work. And so, yes, he's gone through a massive transformation in his life, um, both personally and professionally. And it's all connected, right? It's it's hard to separate that. And it's fun. <laughs> that's the vision, traction, healthy, uh, right? Vision, remember, vision's two to three days. That's easy. Traction, two to three years. But you're ready for this? Healthy, two to three lifetimes. And I say that with a little tongue in cheek because teams don't always get that. And he got it. They get it. They're one of the most trusting teams that I have in my portfolio. They're one of the top teams as far as team health. It's, it's just awesome to see. When it comes to the future, Shannon may have some uncertainty around some of the specifics of his goals, but his vision, purpose, and trust in his team continue guiding him towards clarity. I always want to feel like I have a purpose, and I always want to feel like I'm having an impact, and I think I want to have an impact on people. I have a passion for probably helping business owners. As you can imagine, it comes up frequently, offers to purchase a business such as myself, and I'm yet to entertain one conversation with one person because, because I want to do this for a long, long time. And, and I love these people too much to see somebody else be in charge of it. So, but I can do that from anywhere. I can do that from Cancun. <laughs> I can do that from Fiji. Like, right. So I want to travel more. I want to stay close and have really awesome relationships with my now yeah. adult children. Do they all live in Wisconsin? No. Yeah. They're scattered okay. around. Yeah. Which is fun. So when you're working with your implementer, how long has it been? You've been working with Ross? Four years. Okay. What yeah. What are you now kind of working with Ross on? Or what? what is kind of a big kind of a, a next stage for you in the business? Yeah. I know a lot of uh, people who have used EOS and then they yeah. graduate and they don't, uh, they don't stay with their implementer. If he ever tries to graduate us, I'm going to show up at his house. <laughs> Just because... Yes, like the quarterlies. We could probably do 75, yeah. 80% of the quarterlies on our own. We get it. You put the paper on the wall, we write down a rock, somebody yeah. writes down all the issues, we cross them off, we talk about them, we update our VTO. Like that, I can do all that. It's having somebody who's been with our company for four years, yeah. looking at it up here, and then once a quarter coming in here and having him have a voice and mm -hmm. saying, you know what, I think you're, you might be missing, or talk more about that right? He's helping us continue to win. So every, every quarterly, there's, there's one or two things that pop up that are like, this is major. And he holds our hand through the process. You're from your visionary seat, sitting back going, yes, here's the keys. Yes. You know what, what you're painting a picture of is an unbelievable amount of trust. And I, 
I'm just thinking of how far it seems like you have come on even just that concept from doing it all yourself, wearing all the hats. No one could do it better than I can. Tell me about your relationship with trust as a concept and how EOS helped you evolve through that. Well, yeah, obviously it (laughs) takes trust. The thing that I I didn't Uh. expect was the feeling of guilt. Ooh, tell me more about that. Yeah, that one I didn't expect. And I still struggle with it today. Guilt for not guilt for not being in the business that like you're working hard as hard as everybody else, you know, in quotes. Guilt. Tell me more. Tell me why is there guilt? Like what what is it about this feeling of trust and letting go on the vine that suddenly makes you feel guilty when everybody around you is thriving, actually? I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sounds like a therapy hour. We've got to unpack this. <laughs> I rely a thousand percent on the energy of 120 other people. Yeah. And I want to feel like I'm in the trenches fighting with them. I had a, I had a sales rep call me after a sales appointment that said the homeowner, the homeowner was aware because of my social media, how much travel I do. And they had a hard time committing to hiring us because Mm. of that. And the sales rep said, I want you to know I stood up for you. And I said, he cares about us and empowers us so much. That's exactly why you should hire us. Ooh, that is, that is gold. There's a, that's where you just, you should put the keys down and go home now. (laughs) I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. I could ride off into the sunset. That's amazing. You know? And it's because you've recognized that you are in the people business. Yeah. It goes back to the thing I said 53 minutes ago. I got into EOS because I looked at another business and I said, if I buy this business, the owner's going to leave and the company's worth nothing. Yep. If I left now, I'm pretty sure we'd be fine. That is a beautiful transition from complete and utter dependence to complete and utter independence. It's easy to assume an entrepreneur and leader as successful as Shannon just has it all. But his vulnerability and humility in recognizing how his business can be both wildly successful and a stumbling block in his life is profound. Shannon mentions a keynote at our EOS conference given by Tiffany Sauter. She was the opening keynote and after that talk, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Check it out on our YouTube channel and in the show notes after this episode. If you're inspired by Shannon's story and want to learn how to let go of the vine, hand over the keys and discover a healthy balance between life and work, check out the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It might just be the playbook you've been missing. Follow We Run on EOS on your favorite podcast app to make sure you catch every episode. I'm Pam Kosanke, and I'll be back with more strategies and success stories from teams running on EOS. Thanks for listening.